What do you do if you have someone in your life, maybe in your family, who is what some would call uh, a toxic person? This could be a friend, a family member, a colleague, uh, someone who sabotages, you know, hinders, threatens your happiness, your personal growth, your self-improvement, a person who resorts to anger and manipulation, harsh criticism, resentment, control. Maybe it's an abusive situation. How do you respond to this? Uh, the world would tell you, you know, if you, if you Google, as I did, toxic person, uh, you'll, you'll pull up lots of blogs on this. The world will tell you just cut the person off, be done with it. Um, and there's ways, you know, they'll give you steps to do that. And um, I'm not saying that that's completely untrue, but as Catholics, we handle this just a little bit different. Today, as we celebrate this solemnity of the Holy Family, it offers beautiful instruction for situations such as these. So I'd like to reflect with you a little bit on how the Holy Family operated and uh, you know, what you can take from their actions to apply it to some of these more difficult situations. So in the Holy Family, in uh, the Gospel today, we see these great examples of uh, obedience, examples of uh, bearing patiently with one another, and we see the unity that came about as a result of, of, of how the Holy Family functioned, this, these, these holy actions. So we see this, this beautiful obedience. Um, uh, throughout the family. So our Blessed Mother, she, uh, as a good wife, submitted herself to Joseph, allowed him to guide her, to lead her. Joseph uh, submitted himself to the laws of God's people at the time, and he led his family to Jerusalem to celebrate annually the Passover. Uh, and, of course, uh, our Lord, you know, this, this young child was obedient to his parents, when they came to him and, you know, asked him to come back with them. He could have said, you know, look at me. I am a religious prodigy. These, these, these temple authorities are listening to me, to my, you know, uh, brilliant questions and answers. You know, I, I'm going to stay here and, and start my ministry early. No, he was, he was humble. He submitted himself to his parents, and he came back with them. Okay, so we see this beautiful example of, of obedience there. He also uh, honored them. We see honor taking place there in this gospel story. Some folks will say, well, that doesn't seem very honorable. Uh, taking off on your parents for three days. You get your mom and your dad are anxious. Uh, and, and it was a difficult situation, of course. But in a way, he was doing something very honorable to his parents in that he was getting them ready for the next time he would be missing for three days, for the next time that he would be off doing his father's work. So when our Lord was crucified, when he was in the grave for three days, uh, we don't know that Joseph is still around, but his mother was, and he, she had been prepared by this earlier three days, this way of, of honoring her and caring for her, although it was difficult at the time. The scripture says that if you're willing to honor your parents, you'll be blessed with a long and happy life. It says that your prayers will be heard. You know, it's very easy to get into the habit 
a bad habit of complaining about your parents. Maybe complaining about your husband's parents or your wife's parents. But I think that's something we need to be very careful with if we're fulfilling this commandment to honor parents. Uh, our Lord was uh, pretty uh, poignant in what he said. He quoted, so Matthew 15, 4, he quoted the old law. He said, For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother, let him surely die. That was the penalty for dishonoring your, your parents in, under the old law. Uh, and our Lord upheld that, uh, that, that um, being very careful how you speak about parents is important. Pope Francis recently talked about this uh, in one of his audiences. He says, among us there's this habit of saying awful things, also bad language. He says, please never, never insults other people's parents. Never, never insult the mother. Never insult the father. Never, never. I think he, I think he never wants you to do this. So, and then he, he pushes things even a little further. He, wants, he wanted all the people there in his audience to make uh, like a commitment right then and there. He says, take up this interior decision today. Henceforth, I will never insult someone's mother or father. They gave him life. They gave her life. They must not be insulted. Being very careful how we speak about our parents, how we speak about other people's parents. We have this uh, debt of gratitude to fulfill. This is what honoring parents are all about. The Catechism puts this well. It says, as much as they can, um, children must give to their parents material and moral support in old age, in times of illness, loneliness, or distress. Caring for parents, um, uh, both emotionally and physically, the church teaches. And then we heard from Sirach today, you know, in our first reading, a beautiful reading. Whoever forsakes his father is like a blasphemer, and whoever angers his mother is cursed by the Lord. So the scripture is pretty clear about the uh, importance, the obligation of gratitude, the debt that we have to our parents for caring for us. However, it's not just parent, our children who are called to honor their parents. Uh, this Solemnity of the Holy Family also reminds us of the obligation of parents to bear patiently with their children. Even good kids cause their problems anxiety. Right? So our Lord, he's a good kid, right? So he was divine and perfect, and yet he still caused his mom and dad issues. The scripture says they were anxiously searching for him. And his mother asked him, son, why have you done this to us? So even, even, even the best of families, there's going to be misunderstandings. You know, they thought he was with, the, you know, relatives and he wasn't and he was 12 and 12 year olds like to have a little freedom and do things, right? So even in the best of families, there's going to be misunderstandings that take place. And, and yet the Lord works through all these things, and he asks for parents to bear patiently with children. He says specifically to fathers in the scriptures, he says, like, do not provoke your children to anger. This is in a couple different places in the scriptures, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So um, it goes both ways, both children and parents. 
And as a result of this beautiful example that we see in the Holy Family, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, they come back together. There's this great unity. They go back to Nazareth together. This is the result of a properly operating Holy Family. This is why our Lord came. This is kind of a foreshadowing of his ministry. He came not only to heal the relationship between us and God, he came to heal relationships within the human family, to bring us back together. That's, you know, what the whole purpose of the Catholic Church, reconciliation, unity within the human family. So that's the picture of the Holy Family. It's a beautiful example for all of us, great uh, opportunity, uh, great uh, material to meditate on for your own family. But it's also an excellent exercise to take this picture of the Holy Family and to use it to answer some of the more difficult questions, the challenging questions in life. You know, I mentioned uh, you know, what the world calls toxic people. How do you respond to them? Maybe you, know, you might say, uh, well, my parents were not honorable people. The things they did to me, maybe you were abused, who knows, uh, was not honorable. And so you're saying to me, Father, that I should honor them in return for what they've done? Maybe it'd be better just to, you know, cut them off and to be done with them. And perhaps that is the answer for a time. Um, We'll get to that in just a minute here. But the scripture is clear, very clear. So it would probably perhaps be much easier if the commandment was honor your father and mother if they're good and holy people, always loving and patient and, and great. But no, it doesn't say anything like that. It just simply says honor your father and mother. There's no, there's no clauses or, 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 or ways around it. It's honor your father and mother. And that means, you know, uh, step one, if you have a difficult relationship with your parents or with another family member, begins with forgiveness. Our Lord said that we forgive 70 times 7, that we trust that the Lord is at work amidst these difficulties. We remember our Lord's teaching on forgiveness. However, it's important, you know, step two, to remember the fullness of our Lord's teaching on forgiveness. His example of forgiveness, you're not required to forgive somebody who doesn't want you to forgive them, who's not repentant. God does not forgive us unless we come to him with repentant hearts and ask for his forgiveness. And so also, although you are required to be willing to forgive, you're not required to forgive if someone doesn't come to you. There's also the teaching of about what forgiveness means. So a few weeks ago, I talked about the two consequences of sin, one being the eternal consequence. God forgives you. You're no longer separated for all eternity um, from him. Uh, but also then there's the temporary consequence. There's still, there's still issues and things you've got to work through. The same, and, and God doesn't remove those temporary consequences of sin. So the same goes when you forgive somebody. Say you have uh, in your life someone who has a bad addiction, a damaging addiction. You can say to that person, I forgive you. Maybe I'm willing to talk to you, to be in relationship with you. However, there's still some issues, some temporary things, some damages that you need to repair to work through. Um, That's the example that our Lord gave when he talks about what forgiveness means. In Matthew 18, he, he talked about boundaries. He said, If someone sins against you, you should go to your brother, talk to him, try to win him over. 
If that doesn't work, bring someone else with you, a witness. If that still doesn't work, um, go to the church, you know, go to your priest. And then treat him like a Gentile or a tax collector. So there is perhaps some separation there for a time. With the ultimate hope, with the ultimate goal that this perhaps period of separation is going to be ultimately for good, for reconciliation. This is what we learn from the Holy Family, what our, we learn from our Lord. What the purpose of all these things is, uh, is that this is but to be a temporary thing. Okay, we want to work toward healing. If you have somebody in your family who is perhaps a black sheep, someone who the rest of the family has ousted, I would offer to you that it's your responsibility as a good Catholic to reach out and to work toward reconciliation. This is a beautiful example that you can give to your children and to other members of your family, that, that you're going to go out of your way to work toward healing, to work toward reconciliation. Now, that person probably is very badly hurt, hurt people, hurt others. Those are the ones that are more in need of love uh, than, than anyone. And so we're called, you know, by this example of the Holy Family to, to work toward that unity, toward that reconciliation. So today, as we celebrate this solemnity of the Holy Family, may we learn from, there, from the example of, uh, of obedience, of, of honoring parents, of bearing patiently with children, uh, this uh, example of forgiveness, of setting uh, good boundaries in place of what forgiveness truly means in the fullness of the sense of what the church teaches, but through all of these things, working toward unity and reconciliation. Um, that God may be glorified. Amen.